Um, welcome to this Forum for European Philosophy event, which I'm chairing on behalf of the Forum for European Philosophy tonight. I'm Stella Sandford from the Centre for Research in Modern European Philosophy at Kingston University. Um, this is, uh, this is a, one in a series of dialogues organised by the Forum for European Philosophy. And the aim of the, this dialogue was to bring together two philosophers working in the different major traditions of, of Western philosophy, the so-called analytical, so-called continental <coughs> traditions, to, di- to discuss a philosopher whose work might perhaps mediate between them, that is, John Locke. Um, so I'm pleased to uh, be able to uh, welcome tonight Professor Kasim Kassam from the University of Warwick. Um, his work has mainly been on Kant and transcendental arguments and um, <coughs> theories of self-knowledge. His first book in 1997 was Self and World. Uh, he's published The Possibility of Knowledge in 2007 and has recently completed a co-authored book with John Campbell called Barclay's Puzzle and is working on, uh, currently working on a book uh, called Self-Knowledge for Humans at Barclay's Puzzle and Self-Knowledge for Humans due in 2014. Um, I'm also very pleased to welcome Etienne Balabar, who's multiply affiliated, as you can see from the screen, anniversary chair in philosophy in the Centre for Research in Modern European Philosophy at Kingston, um, visiting professor at Columbia University and emeritus professor at the University of Paris 10. Um, Etienne's very many published works span many years from perhaps the first major work with uh, Louis Althusser et al. in 1966, Reading Capital, to two recent books in French about to be published in English translation, um, Citizen Subject and Equal Liberty, forthcoming this year or next. Now, um, from some perspectives, the uh, analytic continental divide is increasingly crude and irrelevant, from others, it names a very real and still fraught institutional and intellectual division in the discipline of philosophy in the UK, at least, even granted that that distinction itself is a product, is a product of the Anglo-American Academy, um, in particular a product of the Anglo-American <coughs> view of the 20th century reception and development of French and German philosophy. But these two traditions share a history to the extent that they share a canon, or the canons of analytical and continental philosophy didn't diverge radically until the late 19th or early 20th century uh, century, such that uh, everyone can agree on the supreme importance of Descartes and Kant, for example, but opinions differ as to the importance of Peter Strawson and Louis Althusser. Um, In the 20th century, the divergence between the traditions of continental and analytical philosophy is not just in the construction of divergent 20th century canons, um, but also in the traditions of reception and interpretation of the history of philosophy, of their shared uh, canon. So, uh, such that, for example, Henry Allison's Kant is markedly different from Martin Heidegger's Kant, or the uh, Hume understood as perhaps the founding figure of the anti-metaphysical analytical tradition is different from the Hume of Gilles Deleuze. But until recently at least, looking at things from the um, Anglophone side, John Locke was, as it were, wholly owned by the analytical tradition, not least because of his near-total neglect by the continental tradition, 
which is a neglect largely sustained by the presumption that Locke is a mere uh, naive pre-Kantian empiricist. Um, now, of course, continental philosophers have always looked back uh, uh, into their history, indeed more so than analytical philosophers have tended to do, um, and, and make, make figures, pre-Kantian figures, part of their intellectual world, often through they're being invested by some of the most important figures of 20th century French and German and increasingly Italian philosophy. So, um, for example, you think of Heidegger's investment in the pre-Socratics or Althusser's and indeed Etienne's investment of Spinoza and Badu's investment of St. Paul and so on. But John Locke, that arch-liberal bourgeois apologist for slavery, he of the blank slate and the empty cabinet... Profiteer of, of slavery, but not apologist. Okay. Profiteer, bourgeois apologist, comma, profiteer of slavery. Uh, he of the blank slate and empty cabinet, not, not very much interest in him in continental philosophy, and especially not in the essay concerning human understanding. But having said that, this dialogue brings together tonight an analytical philosopher who has not written on Locke and a continental philosopher, if you'll forgive me, Etienne, for uh, calling you that, who has. Um, Kassim Kassam has worked mainly on Kant, as I said, in transcendental arguments and the problem of self-knowledge. Um, uh, and although has not written specifically on Locke, Locke's philosophy is part of the indispensable broad intellectual context of Kassim's work. And I know that he has, uh, has taught Locke in the past, as Simon Glendinning, who unfortunately couldn't be here, told me that he remembers Kessin's very brilliant um, lectures on Locke at Oxford. Um, and although it contains few references to Locke's account of personal identity, uh, Kessin's book Self and World from 1997 addresses the topic of self-knowledge in relation to a set of philosophical debates that owe an enormous uh, Debt to Locke's posing of the problem of personal identity, albeit Kassim's book addresses the topic in a different way and argues for an unlockian uh, position. As I said, Kassim's current work is on self-knowledge and it will be interesting to hear something about that, I hope, um, tonight. One of the spurs to tonight's dialogue is the forthcoming pub publication of an English version of Etienne's 1998 book on Locke, in English, Identity and Difference, John Locke and the Invention of Consciousness, which is forthcoming in Verso this year. Um, and although Etienne's work on many other topics, and Marx and Marxism, nation and class and race and Spinoza and so on, is very well known, his, um, his, his work on Locke is unfortunately not known, not well known, or at least not yet well known, in the Anglophone world. And the English edition of Identity and Different Zones to correct that. I'm going to leave it to Etienne and to Cassim to speak about Locke, um, but we'll end by just noting that for anyone who reads together Etienne's Identity and Difference and Cassim's Self and World, books published just one year apart um, from each other, the ways to a dialogue between them are, are actually not hard to spot. So we'll begin with Etienne, who's going to speak, uh, say something about Locke, and then we'll hand over to Cassim. Then they will dialogue, and then the audience will um, ask questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stella. Can you hear me in the rear? Yes? Okay. 
So, first thing I want to uh, do is, uh, is um, express my deep gratitude for this invitation. This is an incredible honor um, to speak at the uh, London Forum for uh, European Philosophy. Um, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, the organizers, uh, especially Juliana Cardinale, who did uh, wonderful uh, preparatory uh, work and welcomed us here. And I want, of course, to uh, already express uh, my deep gratitude to Professor Kassam, uh, who's uh, agreed uh, to, to be my interlocutor tonight, or I'm his interlocutor, but the honor is uh, uh, huge, and um, it's also uh, a little uh, um, uh, worrying for me to have such a strong... Uh, <laughs> opponent maybe on some point, but we'll see if there are positions. I don't know. Um, um, uh, second, I want to um, uh, very quickly, uh, I don't want to repeat what Stella has perfectly uh, explained uh, concerning the uh, uh, very strange pattern of uh, intersections and uh, 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 divergences and sometimes uh, um, incompatibilities, at least in the uh, terminology and perhaps in the way of formulating problems between the two uh, uh, tradition in which Locke uh, plays uh, such uh, uh, a crucial and perhaps even founding uh, uh, role. Uh, incidentally, um, uh, it was not for her to, to say that, maybe, but I want to uh, uh, add that uh, the fourth coming book, which is based uh, on a partial uh, uh, translation of uh, a modest uh, essay. No, no wonder <laughs> it's not very well known, because this was presented initially uh, um, uh, long ago, uh, almost 20 years ago, as a commentary uh, um, um, and a dossier um, um, uh, going along with uh, um, a new uh, translation of the uh, uh, chapter on identity and diversity, well known as chapter on personal identity in uh, uh, book two of Locke's uh, essay on uh, uh, human understanding. Um, now, um, uh, this uh, uh, English version is a, is, a, is a joint work of Stella and myself. She's written an extensive uh, introduction uh, presenting uh, the terms of um, the current uh, debate as she uh, sees them, and I have also uh, added uh, um, another um, complementary piece where I say a little bit more about uh, um, uh, interesting points of uh, comparison between Locke and, 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 and Spinoza. Now, uh, I don't want to be long on that, but you know, I always had terrible problems with the uh, analytic versus continental uh, <laughs> <laughs> divide, and especially the way it is called, you know, so because uh, uh, knowing so little about, unfortunately, about the analytic tradition, I don't have many difficulties in hearing that, for example, Professor Kassam represent here analytic philosophy, but if I am supposed to represent continental philosophy, I'm completely lost in this, uh, in this uh, 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 designation. I see very, uh, <laughs> I don't see a 
sufficient degree of uh, uh, unity, you know, in what I know, of course, to be more or less uh, referred to when you uh, use this category, to be uh, uh, able, uh, at least easily, to, 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 to find my, uh, uh, my place uh, there. Or in other terms, I see the internal divides much more, much better than the alleged uh, um, uh, unity. And then, of course, I, I understand that the um, uh, unity appears from outside or from afar, maybe, because there is this uh, antithetic uh, uh, term, uh, which is analytic. But then, uh, um, and I'm certainly not the first to raise this uh, issue here, I'm uh, a little puzzled by the semantic oddity, uh, let's say, or, 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 or asymmetry of the uh, uh, comparison. Years ago, when I wanted to be provocative and uh, uh, raise conflicts with my uh, English and American uh, uh, colleagues, but this is no longer the case, <laughs> believe me, uh, I used to uh, call them insular philosophers because they called us continental philosophers. To me, that made sense. But now I would be rather in the mood of asking for a more uh, a conceptual uh, uh, category uh, that would uh, uh, fit, so to speak, uh, the various traditions you've been alluding to, as opposed to analytic. But again, what would that be? I mean, synthetic uh, or uh, uh, dialectic, maybe, as Jean-Paul Sartre used to oppose these two kinds of... So that's very strange to me. Yeah. In any case, um, um, uh, returning to Locke and, and to our subject, which is more uh, uh, serious, I, I hope. Um, um, at some point, I will not be long on that, but uh, uh, when I um, started to work on Locke, I was absolutely not uh, a specialist, and I've never become, uh, but I developed a, a keen uh, uh, interest in uh, especially, and I hope we, we can say a little bit about that in, uh, in this session, um, on the uh, very uh, close, very uh, substantial, I would say, correspondences between the two uh, sides of Locke's philosophy, which are usually um, uh, read and discussed separately by historians of ideas and uh, uh, historians of philosophy, namely, uh, on the one side, the epistemological and perhaps uh, uh, also metaphysical side represented uh, essentially by the essay on human understanding, and on the other side, uh, the political uh, um, uh, uh, theory as uh, uh, represented particularly by the uh, second treatise on uh, uh, civil government. But there are many other uh, uh, aspects which are, in fact, in, in, in involved. Uh, Locke is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, although he didn't publish all his works in the same manner, some were uh, um, uh, acknowledged and... Uh, and uh, and owned, in his sense, by him, published under his own name, and other, others uh, anonymously at the time, which gave him the possibility to, uh, of course, uh, in his uh, correspondences, uh, write to uh, uh, friends. You know, uh, I don't uh, uh, write much on the issues of politics, but if you want to read something really good on that subject, look at an anonymous book called Two Treatises on uh, uh, Government. I recommend this very strongly. 
strongly uh, 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 to you, which is a, 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 an interesting anecdote in the context of discussions about uh, personal identity, I, I, I believe. Anyway, um, at some point I um, became convinced of the fact that the um, um, uh, conceptual um, um, system or um, um, constellation, if you like, uh, to postpone uh, a decision about its uh, a, a systematic character, um, which uh, um, uh, traverses, so to speak, the uh, 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 disciplinary uh, uh, differences among uh, um, his uh, uh, works, cannot really become um, explained and, and, and discussed unless you uh, stick very strongly to the letter of the text. And, uh, um, uh, of course, for understandable reasons, which are not exactly the same on both sides, uh, the two traditions we've been uh, alluding to um, uh, have, uh, uh, in my opinion, a very strong tendency to, uh, uh, in fact, substitute in many important cases. It's not that they never refer to passages in Locke's text and, uh, and his uh, exact formulas, but they have a certain tendency to substitute, uh, uh, say, other categories and uh, notions which have been elaborated uh, uh, essentially uh, uh, later and in a different context for uh, his actual, um, uh, for, again, the, the, the letter of his text. And I also uh, um, uh, became uh, convinced that uh, what a French uh, uh, writer uh, some, some time ago had called l'épreuve de la traduction, the test and the trial at the same time, uh, and the proof, in a sense, of uh, uh, translation is, of course, absolutely not sufficient, but perhaps necessary and uh, 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 an extremely important uh, um, uh, uh, intermediary uh, uh, moment to uh, access to that uh, to that uh, uh, letter, and I so the reason why uh, I'm not sorry in a sense that uh, um, the work uh, I'm indirectly presenting to you uh, uh, tonight will keep this somewhat bizarre. Um, uh, uh, format or, 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 or shape of um, uh, beginning with lengthy considerations on the uh, uh, difficulties that uh, uh, um, uh, arose and uh, uh, were in fact uh, uh, taken very, very seriously by Locke himself and by his translator, who was a, co a close uh, friend and, and, and collaborator called Pierre Coste, when it uh, was a question of uh, uh, translating the essay into French. And at the time, of course, that meant that the essay would not be read only by English-speaking, by Englishmen and uh, uh, British uh, uh, readers, but would uh, uh, become distributed all around the so-called Republic of Letters and therefore uh, read uh, by uh, uh, other continental philosophers whose consequences have been, as you know, uh, absolutely uh, uh, huge in our, in our uh, philosophical tradition, beginning with Leibniz's uh, uh, um, uh, Nouveaux Essais and 
continuing uh, 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 later. So uh, these, uh, d this translation proved, uh, uh, in fact, uh, not only technically difficult for the, the usual re reasons, but also uh, uh, problematic uh, since uh, uh, Locke was uh, making use of concepts that, in fact, were his invention were neologisms, uh, sometimes uh, literally speaking, sometimes uh, uh, only um, from the point of view of uh, meaning, but that's what what matters in, in, in philosophy, which had no French equivalents. Uh, and these concepts were uh, no uh, um, less uh, than first consciousness, second uh, self, third uneasiness, uh, uh, and I could add uh, a couple of others. In fact, they were the key concepts of the, of the, uh, of the text and the most important from the point of view of its uh, 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 systematicity. Hence, uh, uh, the... Uh, 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 neologisms that the French uh, translator, again, in close collaboration with Locke, had to invent uh, uh, himself, and the fact that he felt obliged to justify these uh, uh, neologisms through uh, uh, lengthy uh, uh, footnotes in the French edition, which in turn are considered so uh, uh, interesting and important that many uh, uh, um, uh, English editions, in fact, also uh, uh, scholarly editions, also refer uh, uh, to them. Finally, on that point, I'm afraid I've exhausted my time, but I asked permission to nevertheless say something uh, uh, on, the, on the concept themselves. Um, uh, um, as uh, Stella uh, and I, uh, with the collaboration of our uh, American colleague Warren Montag, were uh, working on this uh, English translation, I became aware of something which I must say I, I had not uh, uh, um, uh, taken uh, uh, paid attention to uh, uh, in the last period because I was no longer really working on, on Locke and which uh, 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 appears to me as a sort of miraculous confirmation of the uh, um, um, uh, importance of this uh, issue of translation. This is the fact that one of our most uh, uh, reputed and renowned uh, uh, colleagues, Professor Galen Strawson. Is he the son of Peter Strawson? Yes, I believe so. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dynasty of uh, analytical philosophers. Has published uh, 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 recently an important, uh, an extremely important commentary on uh, Locke, on what I and he practically does the same for the treaties on personal identity because the chapter uh, 227 is in fact a, a treatise uh, uh, within the essay uh, with the title Locke on Personal Identity, Consciousness and Concernment um, uh, where I uh, think we all find extremely important uh, uh, views and this is accompanied by in fact a translation of Locke's treatise so you'll ask me a translation in which language, into which language? And sir, a translation into English, uh, which uh, uh, has exactly the same disposition as uh, the one I had adopted in my own uh, French edition, namely Locke's original text on one page and the translation on the other uh, uh, page. Uh, now this, of course, comes from the fact that uh, uh, Professor Thorson, I think he has two main reasons. The first is uh, he uh, uh, believes, but this is 
uh, say, a, a very problematic uh, 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 issue, that Locke's English is no longer really understandable uh, for uh, uh, 21st century uh, students or uh, uh, professors, uh, which perhaps is, is, is the case. But uh, um, uh, or that they will uh, that his and and probably also I leave the question open that Locke's Eng uh, uh, language terminology syntax is in fact not rigorous enough uh, is inaccurate and therefore the conceptual issues have to be uh, uh, clarified not only uh, by means of a commentary but already by means of a transposition if you like and there are very uh, uh, interesting comparisons to make about that okay um, now I uh, wanted um, to um, uh, focus on two points and I will be uh, uh, very qu quick on that um, my point of view uh, in, uh, in this uh, commentary, which is not, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, always uh, um, expressed in the uh, best possible and uh, most direct manner, um, was that the core of what I called Locke's invention um, consisted in uh, his um, um, uh, consistently and, and, and systematically uh, isolating as an object of um, knowledge and, in fact, uh, 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 reflexive knowledge, um, something he calls the mind and which we could also call the mental self. Um, therefore, a sort of uh, uh, anti, particularly anti-linguistic turn um, uh, uh, in in, in, in anticipation, whereby uh, the mental operations are uh, uh, isolated from their um, uh, linguistic expression or their verbal expression, that's the term he uh, uh, uses, and become objects of description and analysis in themselves, so, 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 so to speak. But this also um, uh, proves, from his point of view, to be um, the place, the site. Maybe we'll have uh, occasion to return to this uh, uh, topographic uh, uh, metaphor for um, th what the uh, political treatises call a property in one's person, uh, a propriety of one uh, uh, self, something in spite of what I just said about uh, uh, the importance of the letter, we might uh, call uh, uh, in anticipation self-ownership as it became known in more uh, uh, recent uh, debates of political and moral uh, philosophy. Not only as a juridical uh, 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 category, but as a uh, moral and, in fact, also a metaphysical categories. Now, um, it seemed to me that, uh, for the sake of tonight's uh, discussion, we might find it uh, fruitful to approach the implication of this conceptual nexus from two complementary points of view, and I'm extremely uh, uh, quick. The first point of view, or the first uh, way, would be by means of this uh, uh, topography itself, that is, by examining the boundaries of the internal uh, world called mind, 
by uh, uh, Locke and, of course, uh, uh, many others uh, uh, already at the time, um, which uh, make it possible for uh, the mind to be self-conscious without immediate references to something like an exterior. How these uh, uh, boundaries are drawn, uh, what they leave on both sides, why nevertheless they remain uh, problematic or if you prefer equivocal, which I uh, uh, somewhat uh, um, uh, in a somewhat grandiose manner would call Locke's uh, practical experience of what Kant will later call the amphibology of the concept of pure uh, uh, reflection. And at the end, towards the end of, the, of my introductory essay, I suggested that this topography is made, if you like, of three lines of demarcation or boundaries between the interior, the mind, the mental self, and its uh, um, uh, um, uh, different uh, exteriors. The first, to which I already alluded, is the line of demarcation between thought and language. Uh, what I have just called the anti-linguistic uh, uh, turn, which makes it possible to uh, develop a psychological understanding of uh, the logical principles uh, uh, or the common notions themselves as, from Locke's point of view, uh, self-conscious properties of uh, uh, the mind, which therefore appears as a sort of autonomous thinking machine. Um, the second um, line of demarcation, uh, of course, uh, absolutely uh, crucial and foundational for uh, the whole epistemology of the essay, is the line of demarcation between internal sense and external uh, uh, sense. Uh, this delineates two different fields of perception, the French used apercevoir, aperception, so maybe it would be uh, uh, clearer like that because it would uh, allow us to uh, clearly understand that um, you have on the one side uh, ideas of sensations, that's well known, and you have on the other side uh, ideas of reflection. Uh, in a sense, of course, the ideas of sensation must come first because logically and probably empirically as well or psychologically, if there were no sensations upon which to reflect, there would be no occasion for the uh, operation called uh, reflection to uh, uh, take place. But um, on the other hand, um, I take it that uh, all the explanations proposed by uh, Locke suggest that, in fact, this duality is something like an originary structure of the or working structure of the mind itself, or if you prefer, it has always already the two capacities or the two faculties, the faculty to receive ideas from sensation and the faculty to form ideas through uh, um, uh, 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 reflection. Therefore, the terminology of apperception is uh, uh, useful. So, on the one hand, they are analogous. On the other hand, they are uh, deeply heterogeneous, of course, 
and they are articulated in a dissymmetric uh, uh, manner. Why? Because the operations of external senses are objects for the internal sense, but the converse is not true in Locke, at least. Uh, hence, a question that it would be interesting to discuss, is there already here, from the historical point of view, an indication of the uh, uh, Kantian and, of course, post-Kantian dissymmetry of the two forms of aesthesis uh, 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 um, uh, or um, uh, intuition. Um, it's tempting to, to say so, uh, in particular because a uh, more developed discussion of uh, uh, Locke's uh, um, uh, notions of internal sense and external sense, leaving aside their genealogy in past uh, history of philosophy and uh, uh, ideas, uh, uh, shows that uh, uh, indeed the external sense has a privileged relationship to spatial uh, uh, perceptions and representations, whereas the internal sense, in fact, is closely associated with memory and time or temporality. Therefore, uh, um, uh, this is the basis for uh, what uh, um, uh, has consciousness emerged as always um, uh, already um, uh, um, uh, knit together with something like active memory providing the famous uh, um, identity criterion in uh, Locke. And finally, the third uh, line of demarcation, which it's, I believe, very important not to forget, is the line of demarcation marked by uh, the uh, opposition and articulation of the two key concepts, consciousness on one side and uneasiness on the other side. If you prefer, in other uh, uh, terms, perhaps, perhaps more uh, familiar to many of us, ideas on one side and affects um, uh, on the other side to which Locke refers essentially in terms of feelings of pleasure and uh, uh, pain. Again, here there is uh, apparently a, a dissymmetry because uneasiness, which in the uh, treatise, the chapter 227, uh, is uh, not called like that. That's an interesting uh, point. But it's certainly pr present in conceptual uh, terms through different uh, um, uh, neighboring or uh, related terms such as existence, duration, train of actions, and above all, the notion of concern on which I agree uh, Professor Strawson was uh, absolutely right to uh, put the uh, emphasis. This is essentially, from Locke's point of view, a property or a quality of consciousness, a point of strong demarcation, of course, with people like Leibniz for whom it would be, uh, uh, in fact, uh, essentially unconscious. But more profoundly, it is uneasiness as the expression of desire that explains why consciousness is unstable, therefore why it is not simply a system of ideas or faculties, but a complex of operations developing within and over time. Therefore, why consciousness has a problem of identity, or better said, I try the formula uh, that uh, approximates what I believe to be Locke's essential idea. Why consciousness exists as the effective resolution of its own problem of identity? I would probably stop there uh, and leave.
leaving the own because that's already uh, too long. But before I stop, I want to, uh, uh, if you allow me, uh, just add the following consideration. In uh, preparation for this conversation, I returned to Professor Kassam's uh, um, wonderful book called Self and World, which I had read, or better said, partially uh, uh, read, uh, uh, some time uh, ago, uh, particularly because I was extremely uh, uh, interested in his uh, core argument, which I uh, take to be, I hope he would agree uh, uh, with that, a kind of reversal of Kant's well-known refutation of uh, 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 idealism, reversal or uh, uh, displacement. He himself discusses the relationship. But what I want to say now to conclude is the following. In Professor Kassam's terminology, all of the three dimensions or boundaries um, of the uh, Lockean uh, topography of the mind as a, a self-reflective uh, uh, internal um, uh, uh, domain are um, points of retreat from the world. You might uh, uh, want to say that for the self. Eh? And therefore, they are constitutive of the self because it is uh, uh, the essence uh, uh, or the first uh, uh, important characterization of the Lockean self to be precisely retreating from the world. We have to understand that the self does not retreat uh, uh, from the world for, uh, to develop some sort of ascetic uh, uh, life uh, of the mind, or uh, etc. It's to return to the world, of course. But before returning, you first have to constitute this internal uh, um, uh, sphere. And um, uh, so, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, Locke's position from that point of view represents exactly what Professor Kassams and others, but he, I think, more explicitly than uh, others that I, I know, want to uh, uh, argue, namely the idea that there could be no self-consciousness if not involving a, uh, an explicit, so either conceptual or in, in, in intuitive reference to an objectivity that exists independent of the self uh, 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 itself. And again, in passing something particularly exciting in Professor Kassam's book from that point of view, which I believe reinforces I hope, reinforces some of my uh, uh, indications of the book, concerns uh, uh, his discussion of Descartes. I mean, his uh, uh, critique and refutation of the idea that Descartes would be already, in fact, a thinker of the self in the Lockean uh, 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 sense, retreating from the world, and especially retreating from the intrinsic articulation of the, 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 the mind with uh, uh, the uh, uh, body Proper. But this being said, there are at least uh, uh, two qualifications that have to be uh, uh, brought here. Uh, if my suggestion is, if my reading is, is, is correct, there's not one single world or there's not one single concept of the, 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 the world, a univocal concept of the world. But there are at least three different concepts of the world which are explicitly involved in Locke's uh, uh, discussion in this negative or restrictive uh, uh, form of drawing boundaries and retreating uh, uh, from there. One of them is the social symbol, uh, uh, symbolic world, is the world of language, is the world of uh, uh, words, linguistic uh, uh, 
exchanges. Um, uh, the other one, of course, the one that Professor Kassam particularly wants to uh, uh, discuss, or perhaps he wants to identify with the third, is the objective natural world, and the third is the intimate world, if you, if you like, bodily being a possible uh, name, provided you understand by that the body uh, uh, proper, which is a very strange externality, of course, that in a sense is more internal than the interiority of thought uh, uh, it's Itself, but uh, uh, emerges here in the form of the uh, um, uh, difference between ideas and effects. And second and final, the dissociation of the three worlds is a direct function of the uh, unity, so at the same time self-referentiality, self-sufficiency, and self-consciousness of the mind um, uh, uh, itself, but it is uh, also... Uh, clearly an extremely fragile um, uh, uh, dissociation, um, just as the boundaries themselves. If the articulation of thought and language is in fact, proves in fact, to be more complex than what Locke believed, namely that language is essentially a system of names to uh, 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 represent the uh, uh, ideas with signs, uh, and particularly uh, uh, as soon as we come to what for uh, 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 Kant and his successors would be the crucial issue concerning language in its relationship to self-consciousness. To put it in Professor Kassam's words, perhaps shared with others, the, the question of the I-thoughts and the i statements or, or sentences, in other terms, the first uh, 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 person. Um, uh, if that is more complex than a representation of thoughts by science, then the methodological solipsism of Locke's discussion of self-consciousness and identity will inevitably become uh, 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 problematic. And there are similar questions to be asked, of course, for uh, uh, the distinction between internal and external uh, 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 sense and perhaps above all for the articulation of consciousness and uneasiness that is the way in which uh, uh, Locke believed the extraordinary way in which he believed to be uh, 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 able to uh, uh, intrinsically uh, uh, connect the uh, issues of identity and temporality. I apologize for the uh, very, uh, very uh, abusive uh, time that I have taken. Okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand and, and pace around. Uh, um, okay, so uh, first, first of all, I'd just like to say um, what, what a terrific uh, book uh, Etienne has written. And what I want to do with this remark is to just uh, highlight some of, the, some of the key points from, from his book for those of you who haven't read it, and, and then just raise some, some questions that start me as interesting. Okay, so uh, the book starts out with um, some observations about, about Descartes, actually, and the relationship between Descartes and Locke. Okay, so here's a kind of view that you might have, a kind of, you know, encyclopedia philosophy view that you might have of Descartes. Okay, so, so this is the view that um, Descartes was the first philosopher of consciousness, and secondly, that Descartes first introduced the term consciousness into philosophy. Okay, so that's a kind of standard view. Okay, so one of the first things that Etienne does, which I think is tremendously interesting and important, 
is to question that standard view of Descartes. Okay, so he, he, he points out that actually, if you look at Descartes, in particular, if you look at the meditations, there isn't, in fact, that much evidence, textual evidence, that, uh, that consciousness was at the center of Descartes' concerns in the meditations. So one very, I think, illuminating way that Etienne puts it is to say that, that actually Descartes was not a philosopher of consciousness. He was a philosopher of certitude. Okay, so Descartes was really interested in certainty, not in consciousness. Okay, so, so one question one might think about in this connection is exactly what the relationship is between certitude and consciousness. Right? I mean, so you might think, sure, Descartes was interested in certitude, but the certitude that Descartes thought he could get was precisely a certitude that's grounded in the deliverances of consciousness. Okay, so that's one, one issue that we might, we might come back to. Okay, moving on. So, so the next thing that Etienne says, which I think is, again, tremendously important and interesting, is that once you see that consciousness, in, in, in a kind of psychological, stroke, transcendental sense, that's to say not a moral sense, once you see that consciousness in that sense was not a Cartesian invention, then that opens the way to reading Locke as actually the inventor of the philosophical notion of consciousness. Okay, so that's the next claim that Etienne wants to make. Okay, so he says early on in his book that Locke invented consciousness as a philosophical concept. But if that's true, I think that what that really does is to overturn what I take to be the standard view of the history of philosophy. Okay, so that's why this is a very important claim, at least historically. Okay, so, so then the question is, all right, so where, where does Locke, where do you find this notion of consciousness in Locke? Now, if you know the essay, you'll know that in Book 2, Chapter 1 of the essay, this is the chapter where Locke introduces uh, the distinction between sensation and reflection. In that chapter, Locke already talks about consciousness. Okay, so he says something like consciousness is the perception of what passes in a man's own mind. But what Etienne points out, I think, is, <coughs> is a very interesting historical point. Okay, and as you'll know, the first edition of the essay was published in 1690. The second edition was published in 1694. And the French translation, I believe, in 1700. Now, the second, in the second edition, Locke adds the famous chapter on personal identity, right, book 2, chapter 27. And in that chapter, Locke talks at length about consciousness in relation to the self. Okay, so um, I'm sure you all know this off by heart, but I'm going to read you an absolutely brilliant piece of Locke. Okay, so... Um, so he's asking the question, what personal identity consists in? Okay, so this is Locke, a wonderful, wonderful passage. So he says, which I think, so he's talking about a person here, which I think is a thinking, intelligent being that has reason and reflection and, consider it, and can consider itself as itself, the same thinking thing in different times and places, which it does only by that consciousness, which is inseparable from thinking, 
and, as it seems to me, essential to it. Okay, so Locke there introduces consciousness as essentially the key to personal identity, the key to sameness of self. Okay, and it's that, that's the point at which you get this distinctive, this, this new notion of consciousness, a notion of consciousness which on Etienne's reading didn't actually figure earlier on in the essay. Okay, so that, I, I think, is a tremendously uh, important, important suggestion, and it raises a kind of textual question. Um, and the textual question is, what actually is the relationship between consciousness as Locke defines it in Book 2, Chapter 1 of the essay, and consciousness as Locke understands it in the chapter on personal identity? Okay, another way of asking that question would be to say, what's the relationship between Locke, what Locke calls reflection and what Locke calls consciousness. Are they the same thing, or are they different things? I mean, the force of that question may not be apparent to those of you who aren't kind of uh, Locke nerds, but if you are a Locke nerd, you see that that's actually quite a, a, a very important uh, kind of textual, textual question. Okay, so now moving on to personal identity. Okay, so... Uh, th those of you who've ever attended undergraduate letters on Locke will know that there's a kind of a trio of objections to Locke's theory of personal identity, which uh, are normally put forward. And one thing that I think might be useful to gain an understanding of Etienne's view is to try and figure out what his response would be on behalf of Locke to these objections. Okay, so let me just say what these objections are. Okay, so objection number one is the objection from forgetting. Okay, so on Locke, I mean, how does Locke take account of the fact that... Um, it's possible for me to forget uh, aspects of my own, my own past. Okay, because Locke's view seems to be that my own boundaries are set by the boundaries of my consciousness. Right? So the view seems to be that uh, myself extends back in time as far as my consciousness can extend. Okay, and then the question is, well, look, I mean, the following proposition might be true. I was unhappy on my 10th birthday. Okay, but I no longer remember being unhappy on my 10th birthday. Right? So how, how, how does that make sense on Locke's, on Locke's view? Because on Locke's view, um, it's consciousness that sets the boundaries of the self. But of course, Locke has an answer to that. Right? I mean, Locke's answer to that is to say, we need to distinguish between sameness of person and sameness of man. Okay, so, so, so Locke's thought is that there's a difference between the identity of the person that I am, the person that's now speaking to you, and the identity of the animal that's now speaking to you. So, um, I suppose one question that I, that I would have for Etienne right is what he makes of that, that Lockean response uh, to the problem of forgetting. Mm -hmm. okay, a second issue, a second standard objection to Locke uh, is the problem of transitivity. Okay, so the, the, the standard thing that people say is that identity is a transitive relation, sameness of consciousness is not a transitive relation, so you can't understand sameness of person in terms of sameness of consciousness. Okay, so that's a, that, again, I'd be quite interested to know um, what Etienne what makes of that. The third objection to Locke, and in a way the most famous objection to Locke, which Etienne does discuss, is this famous circularity objection that's attributed to Butler. Okay, so the, the circularity objection says this. Consciousness presupposes personal identity and so can't be used to define personal identity. 
Okay, if you've ever, ever attended any lectures on Locke, you'll have heard that objection. Okay, now, now Etienne discusses this objection in his book, and um, I'll read you what I'll read. I'll read what he says. This is the, the, in English translation. Okay, so he quotes he quotes Butler, and then he comments as follows. He says this critique assumes the adoption of precisely the substantialist perspective that Locke seeks to eliminate. Um, and, and, and Stella, in her introduction, um, says something, something along those lines. Right? The circularity objection <coughs> assumes that the person or the self is a thing, okay? and that's precisely what Locke is, um, on this interpretation, is questioning. Okay? So the thought, the thought here is that, look, if you accuse Locke of circularity, you're just missing the point of this thing. So I have a number of questions arising, ar- arising out of that. I mean, what, one question that, that I have is whether it's actually true that the circularity objection presupposes a substantialist view of the self. I mean, it's certainly true that Butler had a substantialist view of the self. It's certainly true that Butler thought that the self is an immaterial substance. Okay, but it's not, cl- it's not actually clear to me that that, that's, that presupposition is actually required for you to press the circularity objection. Okay, so you might look at you know modern statements of the objection. Look at someone like Derek Parfit, right, who says, I mean, Parfit doesn't have, doesn't get into any discuss, any debates about whether the self is a substance or not. I think the implication of his view is that it probably isn't, but he still he still makes the point right, that it's part of the concept of memory that memory presupposes personal identity. Okay, so in that case, how can you define personal identity in terms of memory? So if you recast that in terms of consciousness, it would be it's part of the it's part of the concept of consciousness as it's being understood in this discussion that it presupposes sameness of self. So you can't understand sameness of self in terms of it. okay. So that's one issue that it, it is is um, really whether substantialism it really is essential to um, uh, the circularity objection. There's I think a deep there's I think a a deeper question here, also that I'd like to that I'd like to um, that I'd like to press. Um, I think the deeper question um, the deeper question is this. I think people who object to Locke's theory um, object to it at least in part because they think that it leads to various kinds of incoherence to various kinds of incoherence. And all the objections I've discussed are illustrations of the various incoherences to, to, to which Locke's theory leads. <coughs> and one way of thinking about it... I'm Excuse me, what's the word you're using? Inter? In- incoherence. Oh, incoherence. Excuse me, sorry. My so so one, way of, um, uh, one way of thinking about um, in some sense the basic problem with, with Locke's theory is to think of Locke's theory of the self as, in a way, what you might think of as a kind of idealist view of the self. Okay, let, let me just say what I, what I mean by that. Okay, it's idealist in the sense that it takes the spatial and temporal boundaries of the self to be determined by the extent of one's consciousness. Okay, so how far I extend in time is just a function of how far my consciousness extends in time. Okay, and that I think is is, a, is a recognizably a form of idealism. Right? Now, 
I would argue that actually a number of the issues that arise with Bloch's theory, such as transitivity and the problem of forgetting and even the circularity objection, are all a reflection of that key point about Bloch's theory. And the view that's opposed to that, which I would call a, a realist view of the self, the realist view of the self is that if I think about, if you think about your own, your own spatial and temporal boundaries, you'll take the temporal case, your temporal boundaries extend further back than your consciousness does. You existed long before any time that you can now remember. Now that is what I think of as a realist view of the self. Now, there's a very simple way of, of, of being a realist about the self. And the simple way of being a realist about the self is to be an animalist. Okay. So, animalist, animalism, as you know, is just a view that each, of, each, person, each person is identical with a certain animal. So, each of you is an animal, a human animal. You came into existence when the animal with which you're identical came into existence and you will cease to exist when the animal with which you're identical ceases to exist. Okay, and the, the boundaries of an animal are not determined by psychological factors. So, um, I mean, that's why there's no problem for an animalist saying, I was unhappy on my 10th birthday, even though all recollections of that have gone for good. Because all the force of that is this physical being standing in front of you now was unhappy on its 10th birthday, even though it can now no longer remember it. Now, of course, there are powerful arguments against animalism, which, which no doubt, no doubt you're, all, you're all familiar with. Um, nevertheless, I think it's quite, it's quite useful to think of it as a kind of response to, and a kind of, almost a kind of corrective, of what I'm calling, this, what I'm calling Locke's idealism about, about the self. Okay, so, so, so perhaps just to end with, so with, with, with a trio of questions from Peretti, and I'd be very interested to know what he thinks about this. Okay, so the first question is um, just about the circularity objection to Locke. I mean, does he, does he, I mean, is it really plausible that it depends on accepting a substantialist view of the self? Um, the sec, the sec, sec, second question is just how, how would he respond on his interpretation of Locke to these various standard, standard objections like transitivity and so on. Uh, and my third and final question, and this connects could with... You, um, could you help me just by... <laughs> you'll see how uh, unfamiliar I am with uh, some, some discussions. When you refer to the transitivity yeah. objection, yeah. what is it that you exactly... Uh, uh, could you summarize that in, in, yeah, so in, so in so one so sentence? Okay, so, so, the, so the objection is that Identity is logically a transitive relation. Uh -huh. Okay, so if A is identical to B, B is identical to C, uh -huh. is identical to C. Uh -huh. okay, okay, I understand whereas, that. Right, yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas uh, um, A and B mm. uh, are, are united by consciousness. Yeah, 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 I understand. Okay, 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 I understand. Okay, I understand. I understand perfectly. And, and, and my last, and, and the final objection, which, which connects, I think, to... to, to the, the very kind remarks about my, my previous book. I mean, in self and world, of course, what I was defending was precisely the view of the self as a physical thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk in that book particularly about animalism, but that's what I had in mind. I mean, uh, that, that was the view of the self. Each of us in this room, each of you is, and this is the is of identity, 
not the ease of constitution. Each of you is a physical thing, right? A human flesh and blood object. Um, and that's a view that Locke is disputing, right? I mean, Locke, Locke thinks that, I mean, Locke thinks that the sense in which each of you is a human being is not, is not that each of you is identical with a human being. What Locke thinks is that each of you is, shares its matter with a human being or something like that. Again, I'd be very interested to, to know really whether to what extent Etienne actually himself mm. endorses that view. Right? I mean, is he, is he, in my terms, an idealist about the self? Right? Or is he a realist about the self? Okay, okay, that's okay. Well, thank you so much. My turn? Mm -hmm. Good. Um, what, five minutes, ten minutes? Yeah. yeah. No more. Well, thank you so much. You're much too generous and... Yeah. We have to finish at 8 o'clock, so... Okay, I understand. To, to oh, yes, yeah. briefly. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll begin with the, uh, uh, final, the, the, the final question. Um, for the sake of the discussion, uh, I would probably tend to uh, 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 neutralize uh, uh, the issue that you raise uh, uh, not um, uh, to, to, to suggest that it's indifferent or unimportant uh, uh, in many respects to be either, to choose either uh, uh, idealism or uh, 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 realism. I mean, in your, in your book you speak of materialism, which is, which is more uh, demanding than just realism. Yeah? Um, so if you want me to express a preference, a personal reference, I, I would side with you, and I hope you don't take it as, uh, as demagogic. I mean, uh, so oh. then, uh, then we'd have, of course, to start discussing, uh, as you just did, I mean, and that's a long, uh, co complex matter, uh, uh, what, we, what, we, what we mean by uh, uh, a realist or even a materialist uh, uh, conception of uh, uh, self and in which way and to, to what extent it m makes sense, uh, 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 in fact, to keep the category self. But this is obviously important for you, which shows that there is also a sort of, uh, uh, how to put that, I mean, the, the, this is a deep <coughs> philosophical conflict. If you just said something like, I'm a materialist, my own philosophy of mine is a, is a materialist one, uh, I leave it to you to speculate about the self, uh, you'd lose all the <laughs> interest because what you want to do is uh, uh, not only uh, drop idealism but impose in fact uh, 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 materialist arguments which uh, address the kind of questions or at least part of the questions that are usually known as questions of personal identity or, 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 or selfhood. But uh, so, so I, will, I will grant you that Locke is idealist completely, but I want to, uh, I suggest to neutralize now the issue because what we want to understand is what kind of idealist Locke exactly is. Uh, um, and here I guess, uh, uh, but very uh, uh, quickly, I need perhaps two uh, 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 preliminaries, but they are important to, uh, for me to be able to, to, to address your questions. Uh, the first is, um, um, they're related, I mean. Um, uh, first, Locke was not an analytic philosopher himself. So this is extremely important, uh, uh, it seems to me, when you read, and I thank you for reading this uh, 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 beautiful passage, because you have to understand that when Locke discusses these issues, he's not um, uh, 
proposing definitions or even simply hypotheses, uh, either definitions or axioms or, or, or propositions, and then providing arguments pro et contra, as the, the analytic tradition uh, uh, mostly uh, uh, does. So you may think that is not rigorous, but it's a different way of writing philosophy, and he's not alone in that. So this uh, is particularly important uh, on this matter because I convince myself, and I hope to convince the reader, that when Locke on paragraph 9 of the uh, 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 chapter proposes a first uh, uh, account of what he uh, uh, means by, uh, 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 by identity, this is not the final word. Word. This is the beginning, and the whole chapter is a progressive transformation of that initial definition, which will prove, in fact, from his point of view, essentially insufficient or uh, uh, not uh, uh, complex enough. Now, of course, one of the reasons why it's insufficient is that it will not uh, uh, make it uh, uh, possible unless you add uh, uh, other uh, uh, notions and, and, and dimensions to clearly, and here of course he's not analytical but he's a philosopher who is deeply concerned with distinguishing notions and clarifying their differences. So this will not make it possible to uh, um, uh, really uh, uh, separate different meanings of the very same notion of identity. And the very same word, excuse me, I, I, I identity. I take it, so I have long discussions with Michael Ayers, with uh, Paul Ricoeur. Uh, they all uh, uh, um, uh, are busy with the question, are there one, two, even three uh, uh, different notions of identity in Locke? Essentially, I believe there are three. One for uh, uh, bodies or corporeal uh, uh, objects, one for living organisms, and one for uh, um, uh, minds and and, 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 and persons. And of course, uh, this uh, uh, is, is directly um, linked with the question, the crucial question you, 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 you ask about person and man. Uh, my uh, uh, position, not giving reasons, is that uh, I side with those, if you like, who uh, 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 take it that Locke radically distinguished the two uh, 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 notions, not without problems, uh, without clear, without practical problems uh, for us, of course, and perhaps uh, for him as well. All the incredible uh, uh, variety of uh, imaginary counterfactuals that he uh, invents in the chapter, they occupy almost half of the, of the, uh, of the chapter. Uh, uh, for example, the question uh, whether uh, in case uh, uh, um, uh, my little finger uh, uh, or anything that resembles a little finger, uh, if you're Lacanians of course you will believe that this is a phallic uh, 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 suggestion being cut from uh, from, uh, from, uh, from myself uh, where is my uh, 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 personal identity if my consciousness remains with the finger and not with the body uh, uh, the rest of the, uh, of the body there are all the other examples he goes to the extreme uh, uh, 
consequences of the idea that these two types of identity, the man or the organism, uh, and the person or the self uh, uh, and, and the consciousness being conceptually uh, 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 different, you uh, uh, must uh, apply different criteria uh, uh, on both uh, uh, sides. And I say this is not without difficulties, of course, because in particular for the reasons I uh, quickly alluded to uh, before, um, uh, Locke's um, uh, idea is that the name, the name goes with the organism, uh, the organism, the man, uh, the man, not with the uh, uh, mind or the self. Hence, of course, the inevitable question addressed to Locke as a person, how do you call yourself? Uh, from the point of view. But he goes to the absolute extreme and is not shy of accepting any of the uh, 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 radical, uh, totally non-commonsensical consequences of the fact that the personal identity is that of the consciousness. Uh, now, um, uh, uh, a final uh, 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 point on that, why? Why? Yeah. And uh, uh, here, of course, returning for a second to uh, what you said about your own position, and I hope that this, this will not be heard or, or, or taken as a sort of uh, uh, vulgar, uh, I don't know, uh, Marxist or uh, political uh, way of discussing philosophy. But the, my, I would gladly ask you, uh, what are your interests? Uh, that is, why is it important for you, not only in terms of truth and, uh, and, uh, and, and demonstrations, but also probably uh, for uh, uh, ethical or uh, moral etc. reasons, to uh, defend uh, the uh, idea of a material or bodily uh, self rather than a mental self in the Lockean uh, uh, sense. And I can imagine a very strong reasons, and probably I would share many of them. But returning to Locke, I believe we, we have to understand, and this is where if I had had time, I would uh, have tried to explain how uh, Locke uh, uh, really invented uh, uh, incredible uh, uh, formulas which are uh, based on the partial or complete equivalence of the two uh, very uh, idiomatic English expression myself, either written as a, uh, as a single word or separated, myself, the self that is mine, uh, and my own, uh, my, and uh, hence my own uh, uh, self, using comp to, to, to again extensively the fact that at least in 17th century uh, uh, English, own was an adjective, of course, my own body, my own house, etc., but was uh, a, a verb, of course, which had the two meanings on the one side, possessing, uh, to possess, and on the other side, confessing. I own that I am the criminal who uh, uh, killed uh, his mother, etc., uh, etc. Et so that leads me to uh, uh, the, the, the final point. The, the, what is Locke's interest? Locke's interest is responsibility. Uh, Locke's interest is responsibility and his point of view, which I find uh, uh, in any case uh, uh, fascinating and, and, and also historically and probably also uh, um, uh, politically very important is the following. The, the, the one thing we are responsible of are our actions. Uh, 
uh, our actions. Uh, so it's a reflection about action and agency. Action and agency are ontologically speaking very strange uh, uh, things. Uh, you know, it's not like the, it's not the body that, that is important. It's the actions of the body. In as much I am as I am responsible for these actions. So the fact is that the actions are done, if you like, by a man, uh, and they are owned in the, in, in in the sense of being responsible of them by a, 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 a person. And this is where, of course, from his point of view, a, 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 an inquiry. Uh, um, an open inquiry in the meanings of the uh, um, notion of uh, different notions of identity is is, is 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 necessary because the problem is entirely how to articulate. We're back to your question on on memory, I believe, at least in 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 in, in, in indirectly. The fact that uh, some actions are performed by a certain man and that it is a certain person or a certain consciousness with temporal uh, 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 intrinsic dimension looking back, appropriating its own uh, 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 past um, uh, ideas that is responsible for them before any uh, uh, tribunal, uh, the conscience, or or the day of judgment, and so on. So the the great idea is uh, um, it, it is because we are conscious of the actions of our body that we are responsible for these actions, and this is I tend to believe the uh, 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 core uh, 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 reason for what you call, rightly, his idealism. Uh, I, I, well, I agree. I, th I think that's right. And I, th I think the question that that, that, that raises is, is, is how to, how, if at all, it's possible to reconcile uh, the metaphysics of the self with these um, questions of moral responsibility. And I mean, it, it, I think what I'd want to maintain is that is that in the end, Locke's position falls apart because he's trying to do two very different things, um, which don't really fit together. I mean, if you're trying to understand notions of moral, you know, moral responsibility for actions in terms of one's consciousness of having done them, I think that's that's one thing. Um, but. Uh, and and on, that, on, that, on that basis, I think it's possible to say that, that the boundaries of your responsibility coincide with the boundaries of your consciousness. But that's a different thing from saying that your boundaries coincide with the boundaries of your consciousness. So I think, I mean, of course, you know, you, that's, the, that's the basic tension in, Lock, in, in Locke's account, I think. And it's not mm -hmm. clear to me... No, no, I have no objection against that. that. I can, yeah. We can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Should I take a couple of quick questions? Terribly tight. Speak loud, if you please, because my ears are extremely bad. I was wondering whether you can make a comment on Whitehead's take on Locke, particularly when he makes the link between eternal objects and ideas. Whose name? Whitehead. Oh, Whitehead. Yes. Dualism in law, and how this dualism uh, actually 
creates difficulties with his, uh, the way he conceptualizes uh, consciousness and experience. So if you would like to say something about it. Me? Uh, I will gladly hand it over to my neighbor because I'm such a poor reader, <laughs> shamefully uh, of uh, uh, one head. But uh, uh, on the on the on the core on, on the on the conceptual aspect, I mean, uh, um, I guess you 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 you. You, you might want to say that anybody who is an idealist in uh, 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 Professor Kassam's uh, uh, sense is also uh, 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 almost inevitably a dualist, uh, except except essayist uh, per qui out per I mean, uh, except if you're an absolute idealist. Uh, but that was clearly not the case of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Locke. But his dualism is not a dualism of the uh, uh, substantialist uh, uh, type. Or oh, that's not the, m- and that's uh, um, and that's particularly interesting. I believe to be able to trace back to to Locke uh, uh, a question that never ceased, of course, to uh, um, uh, bother. Uh, um, the whole uh, uh, subsequent uh, uh, transcendental uh, 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 tradition, uh, uh, very clearly in uh, Kant's paralogisms of uh, 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 pure reason, but you you, you find that everywhere, namely how to make sure that our concept of the self or the subject, uh, you can also call that the transcendental subject, does not fall into the so-called trap of substantialism. Uh, and so uh, uh, Locke uh, uh, clearly wants to provide a first uh, uh, a set of powerful arguments to explain that what we call self or what we understand or what we ought to understand by self is not a substance. But then come people, and you re- referred to that uh, uh, a moment ago, and it's not so much Butler, but it's much more Hume, of course, who very cleverly uh, uh, indicate that, uh, uh, in a sense, the self uh, could have the same logical uh, 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 properties as a, as a substance. So what's the point? Uh, if, uh, uh, formally speaking, you have just uh, uh, substituted one entity for another which plays the same role that is pre-existing uh, to its modification uh, and, and, and properties. Hence the necessity to find a better way, I would say, to demarcate between uh, uh, self and substance. And, this is, and therefore dualism is not something stable and, 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 and fixed. And one last thing about that is, uh, of course, this is overwhelmingly uh, uh, um, uh, occupied today by uh, uh, considerations on the mind-body problem and their possible, uh, uh, I mean, the link they provide, say, between classical philosophers and contemporary uh, cognitive uh, uh, science and philosophy of mind, a domain in which I'm Incompetent, but fortunately, I have students. I've had students, and they they work on on that. So um, the mind-body problem is very uh, uh, simplificatory. I mean, if you if you see that just in 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 the form, uh, there are two substances uh, or two realms uh, or two heterogeneous uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, types of uh, of entities, 
and then how to uh, bind them together or have them interact with one another. Of course, this makes sense as, as a problem, but it was not exactly Descartes' problem who had, uh, uh, from that point of view, is far from being a Cartesian, uh, uh, as people say. And it was not uh, 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 Locke's uh, uh, problem either, uh, essentially for the reason I tried uh, uh, to, 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 to explain, and that has a stoic background and so on, which is uh, 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 Locke's ontology is, uh, is, uh, is not an ontology with only two terms. I mean, it's uh, uh, actions are by themselves a, 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 a different type of being. Sorry, I'm too... Can I, can I say something? Because in, in self and world, Kasim, you, you, you identify, I think, in what you call neo-Kantian accounts of self-knowledge or... Um, the impossibility of self-knowledge, actually, perhaps. Um, that, that Precisely, that's not a matter of a dualism, a substance dualism, but dualism between the person and the metaphysical concept of the self. Did you see that dualism already in Locke? Because yeah, I think yeah. Etienne precisely doesn't yeah. accept yeah. that the dualism is in Locke. Yeah. Well, so, so I'm trying to dredge up from my memory what I said about this, but I... I I think, I think, if you mean chapter one. Yes. So, right, so I talked there about... Um, Concerning the exclusion. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's this thing that figures in a lot of the neo-Kantian literature, the metaphysical subject, right, or the transcendental self. Yeah. Um, and the point about the metaphysical subject, and you, know, you might think here of the Tractatus in this connection, is that it's, it's not a Cartesian substance. I mean, that, that's the point. It's not a substance at all. It's rather an expression of something formal. It's an expression of, you know, the form of consciousness or some, some, something along those lines. So the thought is that the, that, that the transcendental subject isn't a being in the world. Um, so if you want to talk about a duality, it's really a duality of a thing, that's to say the person, and a non-thing, that's to say the form of its, the form of its consciousness. Um, now, of course, Locke doesn't operate... Uh, it, 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 in those terms, but I think Locke says something which I regard as, as it were, the first step down a very slippery slope in that direction. And the first step is Locke's remark uh, about the identity of person being constituted by the identity of consciousness. And I think this notion of identity of consciousness is, of course, taken up uh, by Kant. Mm. Uh, and no doubt there are, you know, there are very interesting historical questions about the relationship between you know, Locke's conception of sameness of sameness of consciousness mm -hmm. and Kant's conception of you know, the identity of apperception. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a, fa a, fa a deep and fascinating subject. Um, and if the two are, con are connected, as I, as I think they are in some, in some rather kind of vague way, then although I wouldn't want to characterize Locke as, a, as, as, a, as my kind of dualist, um, what I think is true is that is that he says some things that that, that ultimately historically led led in that in that direction. Can can I can I just uh, uh, there's something here uh, that connects to uh, something you had said before and to which I. Um, uh, should have reacted. It's the issue of reflection. I mean, I believe that is one of the keys to, 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 to that debate. Mm -hmm. So um, very, very simply and perhaps too, 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 too simply, um, I, I believe that a, a Lockean argument for 
the idea that uh, uh, identity in the case of, of persons cannot uh, be uh, uh, anything else than um, uh, uh, self-consciousness. Uh, the word self-consciousness appears once in all of uh, uh, Locke's uh, uh, work. Uh, it's in paragraph 16 of this uh, uh, chapter. I don't have time to read it. It's just as beautiful as the one you uh, read a moment ago. Apparently, uh, this was not his uh, coinage. This was not his absolute invention. Uh, once again, just as consciousness, he, he took it from Cambridge Platonists, etc. But clearly, here something happens in the history of philosophy. Now, essentially, I believe the, 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 the reason why uh, uh, he thinks that is that uh, the kind of identity he's um, uh, um, uh, attentive to and trying to, 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 to elucidate, I would say, is, is reflective identity. Uh, so it's, it's precisely not transitive identity. It's reflective identity. Um, so in, in Russellian uh, uh, terms, it's typically an internal relation. It's not an external uh, uh, relation if identity is a, is a, is a relation. But more uh, 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 than that, it's, uh, it's not a case of having a general notion of relation of the type uh, A relates to B or X or uh, uh, Y that becomes applied uh, uh, to itself uh, and therefore becomes X or uh, X as a particular case. It's just the opposite. It's the idea that in order to, to, being able, to, to be able to think something as uh, uh, paradoxical in a sense and strange if you think about it. I mean, remember the difficulties somebody like Frege and, and others had with that. Uh, uh, as uh, as uh, uh, a relationship um, uh, between uh, uh, a thing and, and, and the same thing, and, and, and the same thing. The only possibility he believed, look, I don't say I agree with that, but I, I think it's rather uh, uh, strong, is to interpret or understand this reflective uh, 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 relationship as nothing else than the uh, uh, permanent operation of uh, uh, consciousness itself. Because it's the defining quality of consciousness that it permanently operates upon itself or, 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 or refers to itself in its uh, 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 operations. So... Um, that's, uh, um, okay, that's what I uh, uh, had in mind. But the consequence, once again, is, uh, and that's important in, in contemporary uh, discussions about uh, uh, all this, I believe, is that he's not looking for a criterion of uh, 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 personal identity among various that are possible. In a sense, for him, there's a sort of pre-conceptual, uh, 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 if you like, experience or awareness or intuition of uh, uh, what we mean when we say that we are ourselves. 
And this has to become conceptually uh, 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 formulated, uh, uh, which, 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 which is what he's uh, uh, busy uh, with. Now, of course, the consequence is reflection is, is, is the key term that performs uh, 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 several functions. And in a sense, when you ask the question at the beginning about the relationship between the use of consciousness at the beginning of uh, Book 2, Chapter 1, and the use of consciousness in the, in the chapter of personal identity, I think that it was essentially the same problem. How do we pass from the uh, uh, idea that there is a reflexive operation that is a second-degree operation uh, uh, on a a, a first one to the uh, uh, idea that there are reflexive ideas or reflexive uh, uh, um, uh, forms of uh, uh, thought which uh, uh, essentially uh, um, uh, uh, express, uh, uh, think of themselves. I mean, are 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 thinking of oneself. Okay, I'm, I'm afraid I have to put a stop there because the rules of engagement in this Wolfson lecture theatre. We have to finish at eight o'clock. So I thank I thank thank you very much, Kasim Hassan and Tim Balibar.